The chase is on. So the points keep flowing. Oh, what a play. I need to see from a different angle. Can you believe that? It's the Three Blokes NRL Fantasy Podcast with Nick Callum and Riley. G'day, g'day. Welcome to episode two for the 2024 season of Three Blokes NRL Fantasy Podcast, where we're talking about teams and players before the season even kicks off. And Callum, big news, mate, on the App Store and Google Play Store. Do you want to reveal that spicy news? Oh, mate, guess what? You wouldn't believe it. The fantasy app's open and it's available to use. Start creating your teams. So if you're a listener who has a miso and you're obsessed about fantasy, just give her a heads up that uh, you're going to be taking some time away from the relationship, spending a bit of time on the app. At least it's not Tinder or anything. Hey, lads. Isn't that right, Nick? Your favorite app? I don't know what that app is, mate. Um, can you explain that to me? I'm sure you can look it up, mate. I'm sure. <laughs> right, yeah, I will do then. All right. So remember, if you're new to fantasy or you're looking for the updates and any news regarding players or teams, join us on our social media. That's Three Blokes NRL Fantasy Podcasts on Facebook and, of course, Three Blokes NRL Fantasy on Insta. And if you have any questions about who to, who to buy or who to play or who to put in the reserves, let us know. We'll help you out. But, of course, three big teams this season, lads, that we're going to be discussing in this episode. I think we should kick it off. With the Melbourne Storm, Nick, uh, pretty interesting buy rounds that they have. Yes, pretty interesting. Um, good for good for head-to-head players. Although you know, round four is a bit early in the season there for that first buy, but um, then they got round thirteen and nineteen, which uh, head-to-head players don't usually play, or we won't be playing. So, um, yeah, so that's not a bad um, buy schedule for them. Yeah. Let's get stuck into the players from the Storm. Uh, someone who definitely did not have a good 2023 just because of injuries and bad luck, Mr. Ryan Pappenhausen, Cal. Uh, is he good to go game one for the Storm this year? Uh, I was reading an article the other day that um, I think it was Christian Welsh was in there asking him a couple of questions and he said he's at the moment um, involved with the preseason. He's running around, jumping up and down on that ankle um that he's you know suffered that severe ankle injury at the end of last year um and it looks like he's going to be fit for round one so that's great news if that's the case really good news if that is the case because his price and break even is looking real juicy Callum yeah mate 100 um you know last season he only played two games and that's why his price is as low as what it is um he only had a score of seven from 18 minutes and 65 from 77 uh, so throughout his career, playing at fullback, uh, he has an average of 56 normally when he plays over 70 minutes, which we all know that's uh, keeper territory for fantasy. Um, due to his recent unfortunate injuries, he's at 495k, uh, break-evens at 36, so that's well below what he currently averages, and at the moment, he's in 30% of teams. So at the moment, it's simple. Perhaps if he's named to start round one, then you need to start with him because he can easily go back to his mid-50 average and be a gun for us for pretty much the whole year. Do you think there's a bit of um, mentality going back into the season, Cal, with all the injuries he sustained last season? And do you think that could have an impact on his performance coming into this year? Quite possibly. I think, um, if anything, you're probably more determined to have a stronger preseason and make sure that he is fit for that round one. 
especially with the reports coming out at the end of um, last year that Melbourne Storm were looking at shipping him around potentially to other mm-hmm. clubs just because of how unfortunate he has been with the um, injuries he's had over the past couple of years. So I think he'll probably come out straight away from the get-go, start firing. If he doesn't, then there's another bloke, um, Sua Falungo, who played at the end of last year as well against the Broncos in round 27 mm. and uh, also played, I think he was in the Samoan team for the internationals. He played really well. So if Paps doesn't get a go, Falungo probably pro- probably will. Mm. I think Paps, yeah, he'll be in there round one, lock him in. Yeah, beautiful. Also 30% of teams already. That's quite impressive. Uh, Nicholas, mate, Cameron Munster, he had a pretty good season last year. One of um the go-to halfbacks to have in your team. How do you reckon he's going to go this year? Well, mate, this is actually quite interesting here. I, I saw his price there on our run sheet and just was doing some research. He seems a little bit, you know, at an interesting price there, 754K. Um, what I did uh, was go into and look at his stats when he's playing with Ryan Pappenhausen um, and just had a little look here. So obviously last year they only played one game together. And then uh, 2022, um, Cameron Munster's average was 64.9 with Ryan Pappenhausen in the team. And in 2021, it was 63.2 fantasy points with Ryan Pappenhausen in the team. So just going by that, um, it's very interesting leading into this season with him priced at a break-in of 55 there. Um, Maybe he is someone you could consider in your halves if you are not going to spend up on Cleary and uh, Hines there or maybe looking for a bit of value or something. Um, Munster seems like he might, you know, if if Papadhausen comes back and they sort of uh, link up and attack, uh, his fancy score might uh, improve. Uh, Because um, Munster did have a bit of a, a down season last year, you could probably say. So, yeah, I'd expect big things. Uh, the go-to uh, go-to hooker last year, Harry Grant. Cal, do you think he's the go-to hooker coming into 2024? Um, yeah, I think he is. Um, he averaged 57 from 75 minutes last year. Um, started the season really well. Had scores of 76, 64, 70, 51 and 87 in his first five rounds. So if he does that again, be pretty good. Um, his scores did drop off, though, a little throughout the season and towards the end, but that was impacted uh, with him coming off the bench. And uh, obviously that resulted in less minutes. Mm. I would expect him to be one of the best hookers again this season. Just needs to clean up his errors and missed tackles to be a little bit more consistent for us. Um, But I think at this stage, he's currently owned by, I think it's like 20 odd percent. Let me just double check. Sounds about right. Yeah. 26% ownership. So he's the most owned hooker. Um, It's just going to be interesting though, if you do start with him, because, you know, there's another bloke who we're going to mention soon, Sean Bloor, Pappenhausen, Grant. If you start with all these three guys, it might be a bit difficult with their round four buy. You're going to miss out on a few points there. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that's the case, you're going to have to have a backup hooker as well for Harry Grant because he's got that buy in round four. And there's not many great options at the moment that are a little bit cheaper mm. um, to put on your bench. But Look, I think the only alternative not starting with Harry Grant would be probably to go with Damien Cook or you can look at someone like Reese Robson and we'll talk about them throughout our pre-season potties. But 
yeah. at the moment, Harry Grant is going to probably be the best hooker to start with. It just all depends on if you can get someone decent enough to be a backup for that round four bye. A player we've always overlooked and have not bought into our teams, Jerome Hughes. Is that going to be the same case this year, Nick? Well, um, at that price, he is right now at 715K, breaking him at 52. Um, yeah, a lot of coaches are probably not going to put him into into their teams. Um, interesting, though, uh, he was floating around like a low 500s price or mid 500s last year, maybe the year before, um, but he had a really um, good end to the season last year, fantasy-wise. Um, he sort of took over from Munster there with the fan- in terms of fantasy scoring. So be interesting to see how that plays out at the start of this year if it goes back to what it was because um, I feel like Hugh sort of just directs the team around, you know, kicks kicks when he needs to and uh, lets Munster sort of handle the, you know, the attacking flair. But Hugh seemed to take over a little bit more of that at the end of last season. So it'd be interesting to see. I think we'll stay away from him fantasy-wise, uh, Jerome Hughes, yeah, and just see how he goes. Now, you mentioned this bloke before, Sean Bloor. Um, it's a pretty good-looking price he's got at the moment. Yeah, Sean Bloor. So he has just come over and joined the Melbourne Storm team uh, from West Tigers. He was part of that swap deal with Justin Ollum. Um, hopefully, he'll start at second row for Trent Learrow. Uh, there's reports Learrow might be wanting to move, well, they might be wanting to push him into the middle forwards. Um, if that's the case, then I think Sean Bloor, if he starts on that edge, is a must-have. Um, when playing second row, he averages 46 from 77 minutes. Um, I think that was just over the past couple of years, yep. Um, if he plays lock for them, which I don't think he will, he averages 43 from 72. So he just needs those minutes, um, and he should be a good buy. Um, his stats from those games, though, uh, he normally gets a lot of points from his tackles. Um, he's got good base stats. He's yet to score a try when starting at second row as well. Um, and if he does play, he should be next to Cameron Munster on that left edge, uh, which means, you know, we all know how Munster plays. He should receive good ball. Um, yeah. If that's if that happens, then Bloor should be able to push through the line a lot more this year in a more stronger team um, and would be able to score a couple of tries and increase his attacking stats. So if he does start, just watch him in the trials. I think he will be a must-have for your team at the price of 518k. There you go. Write that down. Um, I'm gonna do a Riley classic here. Probably gonna pronounce this last name incorrectly. I'm gonna is it How Worth or How How Howith? Howith. Howith, yeah, right. Jack Howith. What can you tell us about him, Nick? Um, yeah, he probably uh might get on the bench, and that's about it. Uh in this team. If they've bought Sean Bloor, that's a bit of a indication that I don't think they're ready for Howarth to play or to start. Anyway, they might uh, just uh, put him on the bench. Uh, eventually, he might work into a starting role, but I think for fantasy there, um, no, we cannot uh, buy Jack Howarth again for another season. Um, yeah, he's on He's on uh, $500,000 a year, though. Yeah. So potentially not a cash cow at all? Um. Yeah, probably not. Um, the only way I can see him being a cash cow is he he plays on the bench, gets like 20, 25 minutes, he'll go down to like 250K, yeah. and then he might get into a starting role due to injury or if someone's not performing, they might bump him into that starting role and then we can purchase him. 
Good shit. All right. Uh, Storm, Cal, how do you reckon they're going to go this season? They're going to win the comp, mate. Don't know if you're being sarcastic or not. I'm being serious here. If uh, Pap stays fit, all their stars uh, are fit, then I think that they can win the comp. It's interesting because who wants the Panthers to win four in a row? Oh, not mm -hmm. me. No. Uh, Nick, how do you reckon they're going to go, mate? Yeah, I um I think they'll be uh, back in the top four most probably. Um, they weren't in the top four last year, but I don't see them winning. They uh, haven't won since Cameron Smith's been at the club. So uh, no Smithy and the Storm can't get the job done. They were in the top four last year. They versus the Broncos in the first final, remember? The first week. Oh, were they? Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> Let's move on to our second team we're going to discuss this episode. It is the Cronulla Sharks. Cowmate, are their buy rounds looking? How how do you reckon they're looking? Um, I don't mind the uh, the Sharks buys at the moment. Like round five's not too bad. It's not too late. Um, not too early either. Round 16... Is their second buy? Um, it's okay. Like if Nico Hines doesn't play Origin, then you pretty much have to have him at that point. I don't think Nico Hines will play Origin. Uh, and then their next buy round twenty, their last buy of the seasons that um, first week after the last Origin um, game. So that'll be out for all of our head to head coaches. But yeah, I, I think their buy is not too bad for either head to head or overall. Hmm. Okay, let's stick with you. Let's talk about this first bloke, uh, Blake Braley. What do you think? Um, his price is 631k, break even 46. Um, he's been a mid-40 average player for a couple of seasons now. Um, average 46 last year, so where he's currently priced at. Um, I He's going to be one of those hookers that actually plays 80 minutes. Like, There's not many hookers left in the NRL that that do actually play the 80. Most teams have another backup hooker on the bench. Um in saying that, though, he's not really a clear option. Um, he's probably someone that if you don't get one of the big three hookers in uh, Grant, Cook, or Robson in draft, then you probably pick up Blake Braley as your next best. But at the moment, for head-to-head, -head, I would be avoiding him and just go for someone that we know is a set gun in that hooker position. All right. Uh, Nick, over to you for one Nikora. Yeah, mate. Um, he's been a good edge for the last few years, Britain Nikura. Um, and again, I think he'll be a great um, player in your fantasy team if you if you want to buy him. But he's got not a lot of value there in the edge, so he's not going to make too much money. He might make a little bit, break in at fifty two. I think he can push up into probably you know the fifty five range or above. But um, you know, as we talked about last week in that game theory stuff, a little bit. You know, you want to be making money at the start of the season. And I think there's a lot of players in the edge position, especially, um, that can make you money and get you a similar score to Nicara. Maybe not as high. So Callum just talked about Sean Bloor before. So he's like 200K cheaper. But if he starts on the edge, you know, he might get a, a 50, you know, and Nicara might just get 55. So you're only losing five points, but you're making money and you've saved $200,000 in your salary cap. So yeah, he, he'll be someone that you could, you could purchase um, throughout the year and he'll do a good job for you, but not for me. 
Don't forget, you can ask us questions on our social media if you are concerned about a player and how uh, you think they're going to perform and how much money they're potentially going to make or lose. Just uh, send us a message. We'll be able to help out the best we can. Uh, next player for the Sharks we need to discuss, Cal, is Cameron McInnes. Yeah, I tell you what, this bloke, all he needs is one Dal Finucane to get injured and he becomes probably one of the best middle forwards behind Payne Haas and Isaiah Yo in the game. Uh, he's priced at the moment at 704k, break-in of 51. That's what he averaged last year. And he actually averaged 51 points from 51 minutes. So his PPM is very, very good. Um, if he does end up starting, I don't think he will because um, Craig Fitzgibbon likes to have him on the bench. I'd be starting with him personally if I was the coach, but, you know, I'm not an NRL coach, so what do I know? Um <laughs> But it's simple. If he does get a starting spot and he gets decent minutes in a lock role, he will be an out-and-out gun. Last year when he started at lock, when Finucane was injured, he had an average of 58.6 from 58 minutes as well. So it just proves his PPM is fantastic. Um, He just needs a starting spot, that's all. If he gets a starting spot at any point of the season... And there's a clear role for him, and he's going to be locked in that role for a long time. Then I think you have to buy him pretty much. Mm. But he's not one to start with, unfortunately. Again, we'll just have to see what happens with the uh, free games, hey, before the uh, season actually begins. Uh, one of the most fantasy relevant players in the last couple of years, uh, definitely one again this year, Nico Hines, potential captain in your team. That is a tough. Rice, though, he's uh, kicking off the season with no Nicholas. Yes, $1 million. Um, he is owned only by 18.6% of teams at the current moment, uh, which is, yeah, which is interesting. So I think Nathan Cleary is up around 40. You know, he's over 50%. He's 53. And Hines only at 18.6. So quite interesting. So a lot of people are leaning the Cleary way. Uh, might be because of the the buy a week earlier. I'm not sure because we're t- about to talk about Penrith next anyway. So they have the buy in, in round six. Mm. Um, plus, um, Nico Hines probably not going to play Origin. Nathan Cleary is. So yeah, it's interesting with the with the selected by percentage here. Um, I think people are worried about Trindle playing at five eight instead of Matt Moylan. Uh, because that was what was happening at the end of the last season. They sort of moved Matt Moylan out of there and replaced him with Trindle. And mm. yes, Nico Hines wasn't kicking as much, um, but he still gets he gets a lot of stats everywhere. You know, he's running a lot. He tackles fairly well. You know, he breaks tackles, sets up their he sets up all their attacking. You know, if, if the Sharks are going to Nico Hines when they get into attack, uh, and he's a goal kicker as well. I think. Um, he got injured there and couldn't kick goals for a few weeks, so he'll be good to go this season. He's their best goal kicker by far, so I will try my best to get him in the team if I can. I don't know if I'll be able to get him and Nathan Cleary both, but I will try my best because I think he's an easy walk-up 65, 70 points every week, to be honest. Um, yeah, so I'd recommend trying to get him in your team if you can. Um but, you know, if you don't want to spend $2 million on two players, that's fair enough as well. Hypothetically, priced at $1 million to kick off the season, 
Are you better off going with Nathan Cleary and then hoping and praying that Nico Hines doesn't perform in these first couple of rounds, drops in value, and then that's when you try and strike? Or are you better off just trying to get both Cleary and Nico Hines as soon as possible? Well, it's very risky when you're you're trying to hope and pray for things to happen because most of the time it'll actually the opposite will occur. Um, that's what happens, mate. Yeah, I think the <laughs> let me just look at the draw for the Sharks from I've got a little feeling that they have a fairly easy start. I've got their first four rounds. Oh, they got yeah, Warriors away, so no. Um, Bulldogs then, Tigers, Raiders, and those three teams are pretty average, I would say, into the buy. So if you know if he goes, if he goes well, and the Warriors aren't the best defensively, they have improved last season. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I uh, if if Hines get off to a good start, he could be over the mill, and it'll take him forever to come back down under it. You know what I mean? So. I um, yeah, it's a bit of a risk you have to take here with these with these players. Um, the good thing about picking up Hines and Cleary, or you know, if you want two or just one, if something goes wrong, you can trade them out, and you haven't you've only used one trade, mm. you know, and then you've got a lot of money to pick someone else. You know, still you got like nine. Let's say it falls to nine hundred thousand, he's not performing very well. Okay, well you can get someone else, pretty much anyone else in the game you want. Whereas if you don't have him and then, you know, you got to use a trade to get him in, he's the same price or a higher price, you know what I mean? So it sort of stuffs everything up. But if, yeah, he, he's proven to be one of the best fantasy players players in the game or the best averaging fantasy player last year, I think he was. So, yeah. yeah. You know, you're saying before about people um, worried about Trindle. You just look at his last four games that he had with Trindle on the side last year. He scored 73, 64, 90, 95. So... Shit. Obviously, you know, he had a little bit more um, of his stats drop a little bit with kicking, but he still got those points with all his other attacking stats that he does and how important he is to that team. So I don't think you need to be too worried about Trindle. No. All right, last player we got to discuss from the Sharks is one Kyle Iroh. Uh, new name here, lads. I'm pretty sure I got that correct. How good. Cal, um, do you have any information for us about on Kyle Iroh? Yes. Um, apparently he had a 51 average last year in the centres playing the New South Wales Cup. Don't quote me, but that's just what my sources have told me. Um, if that's the case, that's unbelievable because guess what? The boys break even 17. He's 230K. Um, I have a funny feeling he will get the starting spot this year. There's a lot of reports coming out of the Sharks that Talakai will be moving out of the centres and either moving to an edge or most likely onto the bench. Um, if that's the case, then Iroh, you, you pretty much have to start with him. And I always have the same theory every year with fantasy, and it's worked nine times out of ten, which is starting with two cheap centres and then hoping that they make me money, and then I can upgrade to whoever I want later because, as we know, the centre position, they don't really score that well, centres in fantasy, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and there's not much point, I think, starting with a gun who can easily drop because they're not as consistent as other scoring positions um, in the centres compared to if you look at the likes of the middle forwards um, and uh, hookers and also the, the halfbacks. So... Starting with cheap center, if Iroh gets the starting spot, then he's a must-have. Mm. 
Uh, good feeling about him. Could be a really decent cash cow. Who knows? He could even be a keeper by the end of the season. Uh, last team that we do need to discuss, probably the uh, most important team, if you're talking about grand final wins or players that you need to have from the team, Henny Panthers. God, I hope they don't win again this year. I'll be um probably become a NFL fan other than a NRL fan. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's talk about their buy rounds, Callum. Yeah, so they've got the buy in round six. Um, it's not too bad. Round 16 is the next one, then round 19, which is the second and also third week of the origin buy rounds, the major buy rounds for the NRL competition. So it's pretty good for head-to-head players. Um, you know, some of the origin players that are in this side, and that's almost half the team, um, will probably potentially miss the round 17 and round 20, depending on what Ivan uh, Cleary wants to do. Uh, but it's probably good either way for your head-to-head. For Overall, it's not great, um, but really, well, we'll discuss the players that we have listed here, but there's probably only three that you want in your team from the Panthers by the end of the season. Um, two are a guarantee, and mm. then the third one depends on how he performs in the centre position, but not too bad, the buy rounds for them. All right, let's kick it off. Dylan Edwards. Nick, do you think... The price that Dylan Edwards is at at the moment is cheap or a little bit too expensive? Uh, probably, probably a touch too expensive. It's probably it's probably right on where he'll be floating around the season. So if he has a good game, he'll go up to the seven hundreds. A few bad weeks, he'll go down to low six hundreds. I think he even dropped into the five hundreds uh, last year. Low, um, high five hundreds there. Um. So yeah. I know a few of the boys in our league are a bit interested in Dylan Edwards. Um, I would just say that you go and look back on his stats. Yes, he has a couple of decent games in a row. After that, though, he he is very capable of getting a 20 or a 30 Mm. uh, in a couple of weeks in a row. He has done that. So it's interesting. There's a lot of, there's a few guys in the wing fullback position that have decent value. This year, so we've already talked about Jane Campbell uh, last podcast. We talked about Ryan Pappenhausen at the start of this podcast. Reese Walsh is also floating around. We will talk about him in the future uh, for the same price, pretty much. So, who do you think is a better fantasy asset? You know, Reese Walsh, young, probably going to be better than last year. Mm. You know, attacking flair, attacking upside, or Dylan Edwards, just a safe, you know, safe guy, um, does a job. Who would you rather in your fantasy team if you're tossing up those two? I tend to lean towards the person that could get you that high score more often. That'd be Reese Walsh for me. Um, but maybe for you, it's Dylan Edwards being that safe option. Another good thing about Reese Walsh is they're playing, you know, in Las Vegas. You know, he's in a team round one. Um, so if anything, anything does happen to, you know, if you pick Dylan Edwards, something might happen that week leading up to the first round and he d- can't play. But that's in the future. I would Dylan Edwards is okay, but I'd go other players over him. Well said. Uh, someone that you got to have in your team. I've had him in my team for the last two years, and he's just done me wonders. Isaiah Yo, Cal, do you think that he could be uh, one of the best players to have in your team to kick off 2024? 100%, mate. Um, he was one of the three uh, Panthers. I was saying you should probably should end up in your team by the end of the season. Um, he is quite expensive to start 870k. 
uh, break even of 63. Um, but I think he'll probably be the second best middle forward uh, this season behind Payne Haas. Um, he finished last season, Isaiah Yo, with an average of 63 from 77, 77 minutes. Um, he'll, he'll be very, very reliable, consistent. You know what you're going to get from him. Um, and not a lot of people start with him. I think his ownership at the moment, let me just double check. It's probably below 4%, I'd say. Oh, no, 5% on the dot. So if you look at that compared to Payne Haas, who's only 10K difference, average one more. Pains at 45%. So if you want to go a pot option, um, you can start with Isaiah Yo and bring him in straight away. But he's going to be someone that will score 60s every week for you. If not, he'll probably score 55 minimum. Um, he's just a gun. Get him in whenever you can. But I'd start with Payne probably over Isaiah Yo. All right. Interesting stuff. Uh, Scott Sorensen, Nicholas. Yeah, it's interesting here. Interesting. Um I assuming here, so Zach Hosking has moved on. Um, Scott Sorensen did a really good job on the edge last year for Penrith and fantasy wise made a lot of money and, but not a lot of people actually had him. Um, he is probably a bit highly priced. You know, he still has potential to average over 50, but, um, yeah, I don't think it's a good play. Is he middle and edge? Yeah. Yes, he is. So he's got the duel, which is which is nice. But um, so they've got Liam Martin in the edge. Who else will be floating around there for that spot? Callum, Luke, anyone else? Luke Garner's on the bench. Luke Garner, yeah. Yeah. So it's not great. So yeah, Scott Sorensen's probably locked in for a, a pretty big minute role there. Um, with the potential of, I guess, jumping from the edge into the middle for a few minutes and going back out to the edge which could increase his, his points. Um, but yeah, the, the edge position has got some some other value in it, which we haven't really talked about a lot of edge players yet. We will get to them. But uh, yeah, he's someone to consider, but I don't think I'll be starting with Scott Sorensen. No, there's a, there's a few people that are interested in him. Mm. Um, he had a 52.5 average last year from 70 minutes. So that's a decent role, the 70 minutes. Um but I think people are thinking he's going to play 80 because when he did last year, he averaged 57. So they're hoping he's going to get that, which is, you know, what, eight points on his break even at the moment. Um, so if he can get those minutes and average close to 57, 55, then there is some value there. But I agree with Nick. You just probably don't start with him because there's so much value in both the middle and edge, predominantly the edge position to start the season. All right. Now back to you, uh, Isaac Tungo. Yes, Isaac Tungo, Nick's favourite player from last season. Oh, yes. Brought him in after he had a very, very good score. Did you actually, I think you had him for that no. week, didn't you? I had him for that, yeah. I brought him in a yeah. week before that or something, yeah. Yeah, and then unfortunately he missed out for the remainder of the season until finals pretty much. Yep. How good. Um, but look, he averaged 49 points last year. Very, very big scores. I think you had him for that 97. Um, I think he will be a top center again this year. I think he will be. Um, you probably can't start with him, though. He's way too expensive. Um, other than that, that's pretty much about it. Try to maybe look to get him in later in the season. He's the second person out of the, the three players I was saying you should probably target. The next one, Shock Horror, is the person we're going to talk about next. But... Um, 
yeah, Isaac Tungo, just wait for him, see how he goes. He'll probably be gone by the end of the season and then look to bring him in, I'd say, after their last buy of round 19, maybe even before their second buy of round 16. Okay, let's stick with you for the must-have player that everyone should have in their team. Yep, my goat, the goat of NRL fantasy, in my opinion, Nathan Cleary. Plus, he's uh, now dating a babe, eh? Have you seen him dating? Yeah, yeah, I've seen, mate, a couple of you know ice cream dates earlier on. Our couple, if you've yeah. ever seen one. That's, um, that's another reason why you should start with Nathan Cleary, the Mary Fowler factor for Nathan Cleary. It's a big narrative. Big very, narrative this season. Definitely a power player when it comes to fantasy as well. His price, same with uh, Nico Hines, one mil, although he is guaranteed to get you points, especially if you have him as captain, Callum. Oh, 100%. He's my captain at the moment. Um, Average 73 last year. That included a 17 against the Dragons from 16 minutes in round 14 where he suffered a hamstring injury, I believe. Um, if you're not selecting Nico in your team for round one, then it's simple. You have to go Nathan Cleary. Um, otherwise, we spoke about it earlier. You can try to get both of them. If you don't get both, then you'll be chasing the other one throughout the season. Um, it's probably going to cost you, what, maybe two or three trades, uh, maybe even more to get either of them in. Uh, but for me, Nathan Cleary, he's just a must-have. I've always started with him. I'm going to this year. I'm not going to decide to go Nico Hines over Nathan Cleary. At the moment, I only have Nathan Cleary, not Nico Hines. I don't, <laughs> think, I can, I don't think I can afford to get both of them in. It's a lot of money um, with other people that I'm trying to fit into my team. Uh, but yes, Nathan Cleary for me is a must-have. I'm not sure. I think you're going to try and get both, aren't you, Nick? Yes, I think I, I will try to, although I... There is a few other halves I'm interested in. Um, mm. I think we talked about Jamal Fogarty last podcast, did we? No. No? I can't even remember <laughs> what we did last week. So that's great. That's I'm on a roll today. Um, but there's a few halves <laughs> that do interest me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm probably getting both. And I'm interested to know why you said that Nathan Cleary is like your, your captain or something. Because or, I... Because my memory serves, if my memory is correct, which it might not be, um, I have been the biggest advocate of Nathan Cleary on this podcast over the last two years. I have said that the golden rule of fantasy is to get Nathan Cleary and put the captaincy on him. Whereas I believe Callum was suggesting about Nico Hines last year and he was on Nico Hines, he was on him, captain him, blah, 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 blah. No, I think you got, got that mixed up, mate. No, no. See, was always on Nathan Cleary's back, and I was always, no, nah, you should go Nico Hines, and you have done nothing in the podcast. Mine mine was, depending on if Nico Hines had an easier matchup for some weeks, I would look to potentially captain Nico Hines as a strategy to try and get in front of other people who were captaining Nathan Cleary. The reason why I said he's my captain mm. is because he's in my team at the moment, and I've got the captaincy on him. So That's you've come captain because I don't have any other option. So yeah, so you've come back to me. You've come back to the Nathan Cleary. That's me. I'm always on Nathan Cleary. He's yeah. always been my captain when he's yeah. playing. All right, yeah. just wanted to, just wanted to straighten that out. And let's talk about. I know we discussed the um, Sharks start to their season as well with who they're playing. 
Panthers have Storm, Eels, Broncos, Roosters, Seagulls. It's pretty tough, but we know That's Nathan Cleary. Seagulls would be easy. And, uh, <laughs> probably Broncos as well. Uh, but you look at what he has scored for the past games against them. He scored a 91 against Storm, um, 78 last time against the Eels, 61 against the Broncos. Before that, he also had 106 against the Broncos. For the Roosters, 79, Seagulls, he's had 63 and also another 100 from last year. So he does score quite well against the tough teams and also against the easier teams. Mm. So I think it's quite simple. You start with Nathan, you put the captaincy on him, you leave him there, you watch him do his stuff, and you say, thank you very much, power of the chin. Power of the chin. Chinny one chin, as Nick says. And Jerome Lewis last year there, so, you know, they're going to be coming out for Aaron. Yep, four in a row. I, I'll give up watching NRL if that happens, I think. Um, let's finish off the potty with this guy, Taylor May. Nick, over to you. Oh, yeah. Um, an interesting price here. I should probably probably have my, my phone on to actually talk about him. Um, there we go. He's only owned by 0.7% of teams. He's only classified as a wing fullback. Um, Calm, do you think he's playing wing or centre? Um, I don't know. I, I think he's probably going to shift into the centres. It's either him mm. or Taruva. A lot of people are talking about Paul Alamotti because he's come over this year from the Bulldogs, but I don't think Alamotti is going to get the go. People have forgotten about Taylor May. Mm. Uh, he was very good in his rookie season, so I think... I think he will maybe start at centre. Um, mm. If he doesn't, he'll be on the wing, and he scored quite well on the wing a couple of years ago. So, I think 600K, if he's just on the wing, is way too much for a winger. Yeah. And even then, 600K, if he gets the centre and wing fullback duel, if he plays centre, I think that's too much anyway um, at the start of the season to be spending on your centres, especially for someone who hasn't really played there much uh, in the NRL. So... Taylor May will be someone to keep an eye on if he does, especially if he gets that duel to to track him. Um, but yeah, I don't think you should start with him there at uh, the forty three break even. Uh, another person I don't have on here. It's um, it's not really a person to say at the moment because we don't know who's going to get this role. But obviously Spencer Lenu has moved to the Roosters, so there is a um. There's there's another option potentially on the bench for the Panthers in the middle forwards that might come into consideration for our teams. Um, at the moment, I think people are looking at, is it Maverick Geyer? Um, Liam Henry, I think, is the person that's going to get it. He's at 320K at the moment, so maybe a little bit too expensive. If you look at what Len you finished up at last year, let me just double check what his price was. is 395K, so not much value really. Mm. Um, but we can look at the trials. There might be someone cheaper coming out of that and getting that bench off. They get a 20, 25-minute roll on the team and their PPM's okay. They could be someone that could make us a little bit of money in our emergencies for our squads. But yeah, that's pretty much it, I think. All right, that's Panthers done and dusted. We all know that they're going to finish top four regardless if they come first or not. So we don't need to discuss that. One question I did have for you, lads, when making your team, because obviously the app's open now that you can start, how much money do you want to leave in your kitty by the end of getting all your players? Do you want to have maybe 100, 200K still left in there? Or 
do you want to just go all out and make sure that you've got absolutely nothing in there so that way you know that you've gotten the best players that you can get? Currently, I've got 86K left over. I don't know how much you have at the moment, Nick, um, but I like to normally say if you can potentially have a minimum of 35, anywhere between 35 to 100 is probably a nice sweet spot left in the bank. Um, I think last year I only had 5K and that was a little bit of a struggle to then try to fix my team um, with the mistakes I made early. So I think a little bit of money is better than none at all. Well, I haven't really made a team, so um, I generally spend up most of my cap, yeah, because I feel like you want to be trying to use all your money, you know, and get and start making money as quickly as possible. But there is there is a good argument for having a bit of cash there to make a early trade uh, for something that didn't go right as well. So it's just a bit of a balance. Um, if you've got a few people that you are a bit iffy on or something, maybe leaving a bit extra money there is okay. I'd say what 40, 50, 60k is probably yeah. where you want to be, really in between that um range I said before. Um yeah, yeah, this year it seems like it's gonna be really hard to make a good team and have like a hundred K in the bank still. Yeah. So I feel like you gotta to have to use it. Although, yeah. you know, Trials are coming up, you know, training's happening at the moment. Injuries are bound to probably pop up. That might change, but this year it seems to be a lot harder to make um, a decent team at the moment. Yeah, and you don't want to have a lot of money sitting there because then your team value as well is going to be below everyone else's and then you're not giving yourself the opportunity to, as Nick said, create that revenue and price um, difference between all the other teams and then get that, um, I suppose jumpstart in front of them and get that team value going even further. So you don't want to have, let's say for instance, 400 K or whatever in the bank. I don't think that's, that's ridiculous. Um, try to spend the money as much as what you can, but have the 40, 50, 60 K. All right. Good stuff. Remember any questions you may have, don't be shy. Send us a DM. We're not going to ghost you. We'll try and get back to you as soon as possible with all of our expertise. But how we like to finish the episode is over to Nicholas. What have you got for us today, champ? Well, legend, uh, I've got a, I guess I got a joke because my joke last week was so good that I had to do another one. All right. Uh, Riley and Callum. Okay, good. I was going to say, why is it always directed at me? Well, you know, I just ask you the joke usually and you answer it because if I don't say who, no one answers it. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, Riley, what comes around once every 50 years? Gold Coast Titans win. Close. The Sharks winning the comp. (laughs) 